Hey, what's up, guys? Mikey here from the yep. Strange Road. Bub, what's happening? Uh, we're here with Juan from One on One Podcast. Juan, what's happening, man? What's up, dude? This is a little little intro. We're gonna we're gonna start it backwards today, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we had an awesome conversation leading up to this right now, and we're gonna pick up right where we left off. Uh, but, uh, dude, happy to be on your show. Hell this yes. is awesome. Thank uh, you. Strange Road One on One Swapcast, baby. Ready to rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering how we're gonna do that. So yeah, check them out. Check me out. Tjojp.com. Everyone knows where to find me. And I'll yeah, I'll plug my intro and everything at the beginning. So it's it's all good, Word. bro. But the the aspect I talk about this a lot on my show, right? The occult, esoteric. I think those are topics that a lot of people want to understand. And there's many different interpretations. I'm not saying at the at any point in time that I have the answers. I don't believe I do. So because you, because I'll have people within the organizations in which I talk about. So like these magical orders, Golden Dawn, Thelema, whatever, all these different orders that'll hit me up. Mm -hmm. And some people aren't happy. Some people are like, hey, you're closer than you than you might think otherwise. And it's like, well, there's no secret societies anymore. It's like anything that you've ever wanted to learn is literally at your fingertips. Yeah. On the internet. Yep. And it seems like that we're it seems that we're dumber now than we ever have been since the, right, since the beginning. Or we're, we're, it seems like society's more dumbed down now than they were. And we literally have supercomputers in our pockets now. That's part of, of the conspiracy, if you will, or not. I don't know. And I like to think about what I talk about, like conspiracult, to where the conspiracy meets the occult, mm -hmm. where it meets the, there's one more thing it meets in there, religion, right? I think it's all interconnected. I think it's all connected in some way or another, because if you think about it, and right, we're talking culture. about these pop culture, pop culture. And movies oh, and music yeah. and it's jay-z and beyonce and i mean i went i went down my rabbit holes with the cult symbolism and it's just mm -hmm. everyday realistically life, it's entwined you know? in everything yeah <laughs> it has to be that's why it all works together and you're like how does this connect to that that doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. but there's always some weird connection like that michael hoffman he's a really well-known author and I guess the conspiracy slash occult realm. And he talks about how the regular person nowadays is more initiated than the actual initiates of secret societies because of the things that we've been exposed to, again, movies and otherwise. And I think that I've always thought about this where in the during a lot of things that we know today, as far as Hollywood, they were born during the Great Depression. They were so during the 1930s, I thought about like, how was it that these movie theaters, right? Because that we had that thing happen in 2020. I was like, how is it that movie theaters stayed alive? Well, it, it's been it's been a sort of MK Ultra technology since the beginning because in the 1930s, people, and this is going to tie into the bigger picture, people kept movie theaters alive. And we had King Kong, we had Dracula, we had uh, which is which what's another one? Uh, White Zombie. We had all the greatest hits of like the mythos of Hollywood, if you will, was born during the 1930s. And I was like, wait a minute. How was, where'd all the money come from for them to fund those movies? Like, how were they, if, if the economy was collapsed, mm -hmm. right? Where'd they get the money to produce those movies? And, the, and the, the reason was people were flocking to the movie theaters. Why? Because they were, it's a form of escapism. Mm -hmm. So they were going into these rooms and they were living through the movies. They were living through the characters. They were living through the stories. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I, I love cryptid podcasts, so I'll sit and I'll listen to stories because everyone loves a good story. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves to hear a crazy story because so I don't know about you guys, but I'll, I'll be sitting sometimes 
even reading a book or listening to a book or whatever. And I think when somebody's telling a really good story that just hooks you Mm -hmm. and it drags you in, this is what these people, these people's lives were garbage. They were poor. You know, there were people unaliving themselves during this time because it got so bad. But then when they would enter these rooms, right, dark lights, sound, they were living through these movies. So the people kept them alive and you, you zoom back out and it's like, well, you start to make connections as to, and let's say all of Hollywood is an initiation. Well, guess who uses caves through for their initiations and their rites and rituals? Well, secret societies use mm-hmm. caves for their the rites Greeks. and rituals. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody uses it. Mithra, yep. the, the Mithraic cult and all these different... Mm-hmm. The Freemasons use caves for their rites and rituals. And it's like, there's something about that. And then you, you link that to Egypt. There's a reason why there was, you know, sarcophagus and all these different things. Maybe not only was it for a burial type of thing, uh, death rites, whatever, might have had also some occult connotations, right? With yeah. the Knights Templar, there's various conspiracies with them, and those are th- they're tied to the to the church. But when I start to make all these connections, I go, man, there's there's a lot more here than meets the eye, and I, I honed in really on alchemy. And the reason I honed in on alchemy is because on the outside, I wanted to understand. It. I'm like. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? What is the what is the bigger picture? They're turning lead into gold. I mean, why are they using all this symbolism? And when you start to understand it, you go, wait a minute. Through these individuals' pursuit of one of wanting to obtain the philosopher's stone, we have cera- the industry of ceramics. The guy who invented ceramic pottery was the it wasn't ceramics. I have to think of, of exactly what it was. It was some sort of pottery. He was the reason he created was because he was collecting. He was trying to make the philosopher's stone. Mm-hmm. Right. We have guys like Paracelsus who helped aid. Right. The 16th century alchemist uh, helped create. Uh, uh, you have anesthesia. Right. You have a lot of things attributed to Paracelsus that again was an alchemist. Was just crazy. Think of like the the archetypal mad scientist in a lab somewhere. Like that mm-hmm. was Paracelsus. This little guy carried around a sword that people thought he had a homunculus in it, which we can get into. And he what had is- a horse that the devil gave to him that never tired. What? What's <laughs> yeah. a, sorry, what's a homunculus? We'll get there. So, okay, cool. We'll we, leave that one there. We have so all right, and I'll break it down. So we have alchemy, right? And this at, is at Hermes. The, this is the the line of Hermes. All these guys back yes. then were Hermes Trice uh Trice Magistus, yeah. who was Thoth from Egypt. They're the same okay. exact Let, guy, let's, you know. Let's go back. Let's go back further. Let's go back further. So yeah, so the Emerald th- Hermes, Tablets of Thoth, which you, you talked about the underworld, the caves, that's the halls of Amenti. When Thoth writes about in the and in, in the Emerald Tablets of going into the dwelling he talks about and that's where the knowledge is the halls of amenti mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it the, the akashic records but it is it's all underground this this i don't know what any thing. of this means well the hall of men- mentees you said yeah mentees. the hall the hall of amenti mean uh, mint mind well, so yeah that mente sounds greek for yeah mentate and yeah yeah mente mente is mind in spanish so you have that that connection there but when i said let's go further do you know who they've linked thoth to be related to as far as biblical patriarchy. So the knowledge of alchemy comes from the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. The Nephilim passed it down to the yeah to the daughters of men and in and, and exchange for, right, we, we've read the book of Genesis. Uh, so they're doing favors for the, me, for the women, vice versa. And we have this bloodline of Noah mm-hmm. that they, they were one of the greatest alchemists of all time. The alchemists, 
there's a lot of commentaries on the book of Genesis and I've done, I've done, I've done one translation so far on Gerard Dorn, a commentary on the book of Genesis where they believe that the book of Genesis were, it is illustrating the magnum opus in alchemy. So how to create this philosopher's stone, this unus mundi, uh, uh, unus mundus, which is essentially a little world in a vessel, if you will. And in, in alchemy, there's various things that the alchemist works for. The homunculus, in my opinion, is one of them, which you can get a copy of the homunculus owner's manual on tjojp.com. Nice. I'll send you guys oh, cool. a couple That's of these. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's I've really d- cool. It's it's 33 pages of how to take care of your homunculus. So the, yes. the homunculus is one aspect of the of alchemy. You have the philosopher's stone, you have the divine androgen, and then you have the elixir of life or elixir of immortality. Now, the philosopher's stone, there is a red stone, there's a silver stone. So the red stone creates gold, the silver stone creates silver. And the homunculus is a what I've termed a blood and bones talisman. And we can get into that. That's a whole different subsection. The divine androgen. <laughs> this is a weird one where the alchemist essentially goes through a sort of metamorphosis. So they're concocting all these potions and all these things, and they're drinking it to try and renew themselves. And there's stories about a lot of ancient Chinese emperors. This is why at the, the terracotta warriors, there's a giant pool of mercury. Oh my. Because these mm-hmm. guys, right. they were experimenting with different forms of mercury to try and extend their life. So if you look at the origins of alchemy in the in the East, right, you have the idea. I'm sorry. So Chinese alchemy, you have the idea of more, they were more focused on extending their life. So these guys were literally dying of mercury poisoning mm-hmm. because they were drinking these concoctions that they're yeah. that they're alchemists their court of alchemists was just mixing for them because they wanted to live forever i mean who doesn't want to live forever that's the whole thing of transhumanism they want to extend life as long as possible right mm-hmm. so they're, they're gonna do whatever Rick it was as well right <clears throat> everyone i mean larry you have, summers uh, uh jeff bezos mm-hmm. you know also getting into that whole thing of it literally says the, the title was epstein's epstein. his whole all of his genetic experiments and, oh i mean yes. getting basically yeah. your, your own blood boy to get your blood transfusions yes. weekly, like yeah well that's what the the azoro ranch in new mexico no i mean that they made that a joke about that on the, like silicon valley about the one dude like as far as like tech mm-hmm. giants and people do you know it's another weird kind of like woo woo type movement of hey we're gonna do blood transfusions and yeah. we're going to get, you know, skin creams made out of this kind of body part or whatever. Like, I don't even want to talk about it. Like that stuff's so yeah. bizarre beyond me where I'm like, we used to not want to test animals or like use it, you know, like do this or that. Like, well, now Bob, like, it's going to get, I'm with get it. Interesting, bro. I'm with it. I'm just, I don't want to hang tight, bro. Cause right. it's going to get, <laughs> this is just a tip. All right. This is just a tip. We're going to, I'm warming you guys up. This is the esoteric foreplay that we're into. right Let's now. Let's do it. You know? Let's do it. And, so we have the Philosopher's Stone, the Elixir of Life, which and the Divine Androgen, which again, the the way it's described is that the, the alchemist becomes an androgen being and they become interdimensional in some sort of way. And it's done through, again, taking of these elixirs. There's stories of the, their hair, their hair falling all out their nails falling out and then growing back their teeth falling out. So almost like a, like a vampire, almost like some weird werewolf type Mm -hmm. of lure. And then you have the, so we did the philosopher's stone, the elixir of life, the divine androgen. Now we have the homunculus 
And again, all these topics that I'm saying that I'm saying, we're gonna dive the deepest into the homunculus, but they're all their own deep dot. Like the father of binary code, Leibniz was the the guy that we have the ones and zeros in our computer. Be- he was fascinated with alchemy. And he went around collecting stories of transmutation. And a transmutation is the projection of base metals. So projecting, you're uh, raising its value. So going from base metals to gold, right? So they, the alchemists believe, which they weren't too far off, but the alchemists believe that if everything is composed of the same material, which it is atoms, therefore you can transfer the same atoms that are in lead are in gold. So if you're able to, again, alchemy, the manipulation of matter, Okay, now the alchemist is working on four different dimensions simultaneously. So whenever you do conduct this magnum opus and you do get the lead into gold, the projection, right? And there's various stories of people who are present. Well, there's also stories about guys who conducted and did the magnum opus and did their concoctions and everything and their mixtures and all that stuff. And the light from that reaction of turning the lead into gold was so big that it got embedded in their DNA and changed their DNA and transformed them into what is called the homo luminous, a light being. So this is where it gets woo-woo because in alchemy, you have the immortal alchemists, which were the guys who every couple thousand years, you'd get a new one. Mm-hmm. who were able to conduct the magnum opus and achieve the highest level, the great work. Mm-hmm. And they phased out of reality. They phased out of existence. Now, why is that? Well, because in alchemy, once you learn to manipulate matter, you're able to step outside of space and time and manipulate space and time from the outside. I just kind of so just blew my mind. Well, like this, just, is the, this is like the white wow. brotherhood material that I talk yes, about sometimes. Absolutely. What the is, Rosicrucians. What made you think of those? Yeah. Like, you know, just surmise really quickly. Like, if you do get to that, you know, if you're here over ascension. and over and over and you it's keep reliving this life cult. and you figure it out and then you get to that point and you are just like maybe Nicholas Fumel. One day you're just like, whoop, you just blip like right out of existence because you're like, I can now manipulate my own atoms to get out of this. St. Germain. Have you seen the new Flash? Where he phases in through the walls like that. Yeah. I did just watch. That's so funny. And I would not have watched that. You know, Sir Francis Bacon, he was an alchemist. He's supposedly St. Germain. There's these beings. That's this white brotherhood material where whether it's Jesus or Buddha or, um, you know. This is very interesting. They ascend. It's this whole, you can call them gods or ascended masters is the name that the white brotherhood gives. Mm -hmm. And there's literally like a hundred of these beings, and they're St. Germain, Sir Francis Bacon, essentially the same guy that, like he said, learned this material, perfected it, and ascended into these higher dimensions, which— Fascinating. There's all these representations of Sir Francis Bacon over—this being has come back over and over and over again. But it's St. Germain. It's Jesus was— um, you know, going back to, um, uh, you know, even Krishna, Krishna and Jesus, they were both born of the, of the Virgin Mary. Hmm. So you have these beings, like Juan saying, that come back throughout time, but they're really the same being. I see what you're saying. I mean, that's, I get it. I'm thinking you're, like Buddha, if you want to go with the, uh, the Dalai Lama or, you know, yeah. supposedly, but, um. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I'll throw a wrench into the mix. So if you if you start to get into like Philip, you know, what they call 
what they call it Dickian Gnosticism or something like that. Yeah. So Philip Dick, uh, Philip K. Dick. Oh yeah. He talks about how reality is a computer, and all these characters that you're talking about, this white brotherhood, it's actually the system almost kind of sort of injecting itself with antibodies to try and purge reality. Right. But yet we know what happens to all these figures. They're crucified, they're whatever, X, Y, Z. But it's actually, again, this is very, uh, Gnosticism was one of those things that I I got into heavily when Mm -hmm. I first started because it was right along the line of like, hey, all the stories that you've learned, yeah, there's the complete opposite of those stories in this. And look, look at the Nagamati, look at the Dead Sea Scrolls. And then yeah. you just start reading that and it shifts your paradigm. It like completely obliterates whatever indoctrination that you had. And you're like, damn, now how, how can I believe the stuff that I was taught already? If I already see the opposite is here, what makes it different? That yours is the mm-hmm. official narrative. This is the underground. And I've learned from history that usually the people who are talking truths, they usually end up somewhere not alive. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and our society now kind of sort of rewards people for, I got banned off of YouTube because I was talking about this thing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm telling the truth. It's like, are you, or right. are they making you believe that you're telling that? So again, it's a very slippery slope, but yeah, yeah they, Philip K. Dick would say that the, that the system is injecting itself, trying to essentially heal itself with these figures and he believed, and I'm in accordance to what he's talking about, that the alchemists, the reason that they were wiped out was because they were at the border of what he called this next evolutionary step. And it makes a lot of sense because whenever I'm doing research and I follow the historical aspect of it. So I like to, I like to speculate and I like to speculate a lot, but I like to speculate even more when I have some sort of historical thing to back it up with. Right. And I know history is fake and it's been fabricated, whatever, but we still need a system to measure out time frames. Right. So whenever I, I read works of like Philip K. Dick that fill in these gaps of like, what what was Gnosis? Well, to the Gnostics, Gnosis was this sacred knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, there's no writings as to what it was. Well, what if Gnosis was something like, because they were alchemists too. What if Gnosis was like the sort of same thing where there's a string of words and letters and ideas that will destroy you like Mikey and Bub as a person. Mm-hmm. That if you were to read something, there's a string of words that will just undo your entire reality itself. That's a curse. And just like break you, just like break you completely. It's just a string of words. Yeah, that's right? a curse, essentially. So what if Gnosis is just that, that once you learn that truth, you just dissolve out of reality. Once you learn the name of JFK's Real assassin <laughs> group, you fizzle out of existence. Yeah, like, like that's the they don't, one we don't, thing that's just holding you back, baby. <laughs> we don't see you ever again. That's it. You're done. Like, yeah. like damn, that dude achieved the next level. Like the Faustian yeah. pact. The, the Faustian complex is one of those things in the human nature where it's like you want more and more knowledge. Like my son the other day asked me, Daddy, do you know everything? <laughs> I was like, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know everything. Because to them, you fix things, you put oh, yeah. you know, batteries in their, oh, in sure. their toys. And they're like, oh, you, he knows. My daddy knows everything. It's like, daddy, do you know everything? I was like, no. He's like, well, why, <laughs> why don't you know everything? I go, because you can't possibly know everything. And he's like, well, why not? And I'm, uh, I'm trying to grasp how a five-year-old's mind works. And I'm like, I was like, damn, why not? Could you imagine knowing it? Could you imagine what it would be like? 
if you knew everything. And, and, I, and to me, I was just thinking about all the different cosmologies, all the 45 different denominations of Christian, just Christianity alone. Like what happens when you connect the dots between all of those? And you just start to think like, damn. What would you want to know everything? Is that what it would be like to be a God, right? To be God, maybe a lowercase g. I don't think anyone can. I think that we're a lot of groups in history have tried to become the Godhead, but I don't think they've ever achieved God. I don't think anyone can be God. I think that well, is, I think God is. You have is, to drop your ego to get to those places of understanding. That's a big part of is destroying your ego to be able to get up. And that's part of the whole alchemical processes transmuting yourself and you know your your consciousness um so many people have always thought just focusing on the gold aspect of turning lead into gold you know they're tra- you're transmuting everything your physical being your spiritual being um <clears throat> you know like you were talking about the the gnostics the early christians the Essenes are so fascinating mm-hmm. when you learn about the Essenes, they were the early christians that's basically who Jesus and um, Mary Magdalene and also John the Baptist, you know, essentially they were in these early, early groups that were kind of these subsects of, of Judaism, but really they were connected to the Egyptian mystery schools. They were cultists. When you re- read about the Dead Sea Scrolls, a lot of these things that these early religions were all over the place. And there was, you know, Mithra and and all these different groups, Um, you know, the Zoroastrians, you know, they were constantly sharing knowledge and traveling to Egypt and and those things. Um, But, you know, a lot of our kind of modern Christianity comes from those groups that weren't Christians at all. They were pretty much mystery school followers. That's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people, but it's yeah. like, hey, I mean, it, that's it, again, if you follow the chronological history, these guys that I'm talking about were at the forefront of Christianity, were the founders, like the right. Platonists, Neoplatonists, all these guys were at the forefront of Christianity, and that's why you have a lot of parallels. I'm not, mm-hmm. again, I consider myself a Christian, not the not a practicing Christian by any means, but I do believe in Jesus Christ, and I do believe that you know He died for our sins and all that. But I've learned to put aside my personal beliefs and focus solely on the research aspect of things. So if I, if I talk about something, doesn't necessarily mean I believe, believe it a hundred percent. It just, I, I find history interesting. And this is one of the ones where it's like, there's so much to it that you start to really peel apart and go, wow, this is really, really fascinating. So we have, again, the Gnostics are at the forefront of this evolution we have the concept of a homunculus. And now the homunculus was a really weird one for me at first because when I stumbled across it, so the word the word grammar comes from grimoire. And a grimoire is a 16th century book on spells. The reason that that's the etymology of the word grammar. So essentially a grimoire was a book of words, uh, recipes for spells, so magical spells, and that's etymology. And so you had these weird grimoires that, when I stumbled across it, I'm like, all right, this is this is really bizarre. But again, I think we all have a morbid aside from what I had mentioned at the beginning, where we all want to know the truth if something's real. We also have a like a sort of morbid curiosity when it comes to certain things. I don't know about you guys, you know, sometimes that's why true crime podcasts are so popular. Yeah. People want to hear the the details. So yep. when I'm learning about this, I'm like, wait a minute. So essentially homunculus, which is an of another branch 
of of alchemy. And mind you, in alchemy, you had different branches as well. So you had the Paracelsian line, you had the Valentinian line, you had the whatever other line that had different schools of thought. There's the dry path, wet path. Like there's so many different, just you can weave in and out, like when it comes to alchemy. And the homunculus, essentially, we've all seen, and this is the scary part about the homunculus that recently there's been a few articles that have come out where they're like, Chinese lab creates entity in, in lab without a mother and a father. Hmm. Like that's science to like that's science today, right? Or as I like to say, you know, trust the science will trust the seance, right? It's kind of sort of the same thing, right? Seances. So we have this aspect of wait a minute, that's we've all heard the story of Frankenstein, right? I mean, if yep. you haven't, right? They, they were doing essentially what they were grafting together as being, they shocked it, came to life. Well, there's a precursor to that is the golem. Yeah, the golem, which is in Jewish mysticism, a a man created from the ground, animated through word magic, essentially. So they create this, they they mold this being, and it's an android. It's more of like an AI technolog- technological thing. We've all seen the Terminator. Right? Yes. So a golem is the grays. The the gray what you what, like the, the grays. grays yeah the grays are kind of like these androidy kind of human they're they're really more drones than they are you know they feel like they're you know they're they don't really have they're kind of just blank you know they're more robotic than anything. Well, Greer says that the grays that we know that abduct and do all these experimentations on people are actually biologically created beings by mm. the U.S. government. So just, again, an interesting connection there with alchemy, with essentially the artificial creation of life. Yeah. Because at the core of everything, right, what God giveth, God taketh, well, God creates life, God creates new beings. So alchemists were like, you know, we want to be, I think at the core of reality itself, society, I think people want more money. So the alchemists had that done, like, all right, let's create gold. All right. We can create an endless amount of gold. Boom. So that's why... Rudolph II had a whole court of alchemists working for him. Alchemist Alley in Prague. You can go there, and that was the houses of where all the alchemists lived. Mind what? you, this is royalty. Okay, this is royalty. This is the, the 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 Holy Roman Emperor. Okay, Rudolph II. This is royal. This is the top of the top. They they believe in that. Like, damn. Oh yeah. Now I want to live forever. I want gold. Yeah. You had John Elizabeth II. John D. lived with. Queen Elizabeth for his, his whole entire life until he was really run out. That's the guy that would speak through angels through his crystal ball. Oh my! Yeah, and we'll get to that. We can talk about. He's that. like no Sir opinion. Isaac. He's like the predecessor of Sir Isaac Newton, who was an alchemist. Like John D. Isaac Newton was. He yeah. was a follower of John D. Who was like pretty much a magician. Very cool. A hundred percent. And by the yeah, so it's raining now. So just in case it's it's blowing hard. <laughs> Got you. So just in case. The uh, John D is the typical Faustian pact. That's who it's modeled after. So uh, they believe that he had made he was able to do all these things and so they believe that he had made pacts with with the devil. So yeah. that, what we can get to that that's Anoki and that's another one of my fortes that I love talking about cuz again it's interdimensional. So you have this artificial creation of life, you have royalty, you had money that they that they were they were interested in this sort of thing. And that's just that those are just one of the people that were interested in this sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So the alchemists, unlimited money, sure, gold. 
All right, what's next? Uh, let's see. Live forever, immortality. Yeah, we got that too. It's like, hmm, what's left? Well, what if we could create artificial life? All right. We got that too. So the, that's where the homunculus comes in, where essentially what it is, it's uh, uh, and, and the alchemical homunculus is an artificially created being through the use of alchemy. Now, that's fine, right? Because that's, that's, think of it like a little helper, a mini me in Austin Powers, <laughs> where it looks like him, right? <laughs> the problem with that is that only a few alchemists created it. There's few sto- there, there's a, There's a few stories about it. There's instructions on how to do it, depending on which philosophy you follow. But then it gets really weird because they go, okay, so we created this little alchemical being. If it's created through the great work, through the royal art, then wouldn't it itself be magic? So what happens if I, I don't know, dissect it or vivisect it and use its body parts for different magical purposes? And you got entire books on just that, using different body parts of the homunculus for different magical purposes. And again, that's where it can get really dark really quick. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and also very interesting because it's right. like, wait a minute, right. wait a minute, because you start to tie in other things that go, right? We talked about Epstein earlier. Well, just use your imagination yep. as to what could possibly be going on. You got Why did he have a strange temple that was... White and blue on his property on the oh, island. There's a lot of strange. That was going just on there. basically made of cardboard, almost. It was like particle board. Like, what? So, why do you have some strange temple in your backyard? Yeah, yeah. And I've I've connected that to the that's along the 33rd parallel, mm-hmm. which is in in New Mexico, the land of en- enchantment, mm-hmm. which is near the Trinity site, where they some people believe that the U.S. government try to create a homunculus using radioactivity with their big jumbo cylinder thing that no, they never told anybody what it was for, but they're like, yeah, kind of, you know, think of like, like a Bob in, you know, Twin Peaks or something like that. Like this thing that, (laughs) well, that's what, uh, what were they trying to do? Mr. E and J talked to me about when I went to Mothman festival, that all this deep underground base outside of Point Pleasant is where now all those ponds are. It's all collapsed because that was the subterranean layers where they were doing all these ridiculous experiments. Oh, my. And so either they created the Mothman or were ripping open portals and multiple. And apparently there's a few guys in Point Pleasant that know where these portals are. Um, you know, I've heard so you talk about the Mothman before. being a homunculus is a theory. Yeah, yeah. Because, and he got out again, of the cage, and yeah. they're not chopping him up anymore and using him for alchemical purposes? He's or? some kind of interdimensional higher being that isn't so, exactly physical, 3D. Think about it. Think about it like this, Bob. Blowing my mind. So <laughs> you have homunculus means little man in, in land, little mini, miniature man, like little a, man. Adamu. That's, that's, from, yeah, that's what it means, right? Yeah. Homunculus means miniature man. Mini me. Homunculus. Homunculus. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to start Homun- calling my dog uh, that. Homunc and then culus, which is small. Again, I, can, I don't know how to pronounce it. Homunculus. Homunculus. Homunculus, yeah. Yeah. So they started, they had these these little people, these little men, these little men. The new Willy Wonka movie has, I guess, uh, the, you know, the in the trailer the has Oompa the man Loompas. in the jar. Mm. Oompa Loompas. But 
they started mixing. All right. So when they created the little man, they're like, all right, well, what happens if I use the, you know, the womb of a, the vessel of a bird or a cow or a bull, whatever, insert whatever. And you start to get chimeras. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's where you get, in my opinion, the minotaur, right. And all these yeah. things, the, the, the harpies right? all these different chimeric creatures throughout all of history, especially in ancient Egypt, where the land of Chem, mm-hmm. alchemy is yeah. where alchemy comes from. The Egyptians were, again, the Gnostics were the first alchemists. And that's where you get Thoth and Hermes and all these guys that passed down that knowledge. So, you, and, and in their depictions, I just went to a King Tut exhibit not too long ago in Atlanta. They have, right, the, the hieroglyphs and everything. And they have little, what they call shaptis, where it's these little, these little statues that would help the emperor in the afterlife. They would animate in the afterlife and help the emperor do all the chores. What does that sound like? It sounds like a little magical helper. Again, this idea of a homunculus sort of of being, because mind you, the word homunculus didn't come into existence until the 16th century. So let's just just keep that in mind, but we can call these proto-homunculi, which again, there's different names for them. They were called the child, the form, the substance, you know, it had different names right before it was called the homunculus. So just to keep that in mind. And again, I know this is a whole lot of stuff, but. Oh, I love it. it. <laughs> History it starts to make sense when you're like, all right, if they were doing running experiments. Well, you had as late as the 20th century, Crowley mm-hmm. who wrote a, a book called The Moon Child. Now, mm. this is where I believe Epstein and all these guys come in and the use of Enochian magic, because. Through this book that was that was published in 1929, Moonchild, I believe it was 1929, by Crowley. He wrote it earlier than that. He has there, it's a story. It's a story about two groups, uh, two different lodges, uh, the black magicians and white magicians, and the, uh, their fight over an unborn child, a moon child that they were trying to create. And essentially what a moon child is, is where they use the fetus as a sort of talisman to be able to house an elemental or entity, an angel, demon, use your, get your pick. And I'm getting some weird feedback on my end. Do you guys hear that? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> when I start talking about the moon children, my thing starts bugging out. <laughs> yes. You're over the target. All right. So I'm going to take a small pause and go to the bathroom. Sorry. I'll be right back. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Let me see. I just went away. I think No, it's still going. Yeah, I don't hear anything. I mean, unless it's just when you're talking that you're hearing it on your end, on your own. Voice. So, are you hearing a it little bit mind? when you? T- uh, I talk again. It's like it's gone now. Right on. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, you said the storm was coming through a little bit more earlier. Maybe it's maybe something happened with that. I don't know. I don't really hear anything. Everything sounds stellar to me, but All it doesn't right. mean it couldn't be on your end as well. Right from the timestamp. Right on. I don't think Mikey had any issue on his audio. As soon as I start talking about that, start right. getting all. He I'm hopped up out of He's on, like, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm going to put my phone on airplane mode just in case. Cause... Yeah. But yeah, we're getting a bad cold front coming through. And... um it's coming down hard. It's going to be really bad because the really? problem is we get we get tornadoes is the issue. So yeah, we got 
Yep. Bad lightning because of the lakes in the area. You know, really big natural uh, freshwater lakes. They attract a lot of lightning. Did and, not know uh, that. Florida is Florida's actually the lightning capital of the world. So also did not know that. I love lightning. Yeah, dude. When the when the lightning hits the ground, um, it like crystallizes. It's like it has some. And my friend, he has like this whole uh, section of his shop. He has like a cult book club shop, and he has this. You know the the big, uh, like the big snails. I forgot the name of it, but it's like a you know the big snail. You know what I'm talking about? Like the the water snail. Oh, well, not us. A Nautilus, but that was hit by a lightning or something crazy, bro. And it's got like this crazy design on it from the chemical reaction of the lightning. I'll have, have to send you a picture, but it's great. Yeah, it's really crazy. I'm piece. down with that. Yeah. Yeah. Vitrification. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It goes through like some process. Yep. All right. Turn to glass. Are right, we good? Uh, the Stellar. sound is gone. Cool. cool. So I don't know what the hell happened there, but all right. So we have... Um, Crowley, Moonchild, which inspired Jack Parsons oh, and L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, boy. But you got Jack Parsons, the yes. father of modern-day rocketry. And you have L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology. And they were in the desert over in California doing sex magic rituals, trying to summon an elemental, the Scarlet Woman, which some people say that he did actually achieve. And this was during the 40s. And it was his second wife, Margie Cameron, which was the Scarlet Woman, redhead. Uh, oh, she was a redhead. And she went on to get in in contact with, I think it's Kenneth, Kenneth Anger. Yeah. Anyways, some people in Hollywood, Kenneth Anger, that whole thing. And it's she ended up Rose starting Mary's her baby. own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that that movie in particular with, was his name? Pulaski? What's his Roman. Name? Yeah. Polanski. Polanski. He wrote that movie and did that movie, and it turned out that everything that was in that movie, he was accused of after right. the fact. Mm -hmm. So when I when I said Moonchild earlier, mind you, these occultists use fiction and reality, yep. and it has some sort of amplification effect where it amplifies either the the spell that they're trying to do or something. It does something, and and it's got to do with the idea of just the. Right, this vowel magic, or the, uh, or or even grammatical entities. How I said the word grimoire comes, you know, transforms into grammar eventually. So there's something magical about language itself, and there's something even more magical about writing. About it solidifies it in reality, and some again, some sort of weird way. I've, I don't understand this any more than I did when I first started, but this is just patterns, right? So from this 1929 book, we have a rocket scientist, which a lot of people go, it's not rocket science, right? It can't be that hard. Well, rocket scientist was an avid follower of Crowley, and he took some of these spells that he had written in the Moon Child book and put them into test, put them into application in real world. And it just comes to show you, like, these guys are talking about royalty, People in royalty who were believing in these occult, esoteric, alchemical beliefs. Oh, yeah. You have what they said was a super smart guy, right? Jack Parsons. The guy, maybe he was in touch with entities on the other side. I don't I don't know. 
But well, he was believing this knowledge. How about this one? The Python man. Recently, the interview, I believe it was on uh, Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. Rogan. And it, he was hunting for pythons in this old abandoned building. And there was all this occultic symbolism and what they thought was like basically a nightgown of a little girl with like some kind of magical ritual sure. altar. And it freaked him the hell out. Sure. And he got out of there. And as he was driving out, he was being followed. And they find out that it's one of Jock Parsons, JPL's old buildings from back in the day with their their work with NASA. And that building was owned by Jack Parsons, who was a known occultist. And I don't so, know if it was owned because I know exactly where it's at. Anyone can go there. Yeah. So that's in Homestead. It's the old arrow. Okay. I don't know the name of it. I don't know if it was owned by Parsons. Uh, there is still a rocket in the silo there. And I have I haven't been there. I, I was invited one time to do some to do some I guess rituals there. They, they want, anyways, they want to invite me there to, to open up portals. And I had said no. <laughs> so the, I know where that's, I know where that's at. I don't know if it was owned by Parsons, but what happened was they were testing. This is before NASA switched over their fuels when they were using actual solid fuels. And, and the reason I know is because I've fished the canal, the Aerojet canal there in the Everglades, mm-hmm. which was specifically put dug out there for the transporting by barge of these rockets. Mm-hmm. So they use this one canal off a of US one for locals. I, Cause I lived there for a time. So I, the locals don't know what I'm talking about. And this is right before getting to the first key. So you have Florida. It's all the way at the end homestead, mm-hmm. all the way at the end in the middle of the Everglades, all the way at the end, right before getting to the bridge to go to the Florida Keys. Oh, the, yeah. The seven mile bridge one. or whatever it is. The Yes. I've, there you go. Bro, yeah, absolutely. I've driven to Key West from there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's one of those exits that you go off to the side before going that long road to the Keys. And again, I, I don't know if it was owned, but I do know which episode you're talking about. I recently brought that up. I was just on, on the confessionals where we talked about the, the Miami aliens. And we brought that up because, again, the idea of I be, to me, this is my personal belief. Space is not what they've told us. And I always say space is fake and gay, but space is, <laughs> if you look at everything, <laughs> if you look at the naming, uh, uh, so Par- Parsons would do a him to pan every, every rocket launch. And if you look at, he would do a, what every rocket launch, a him to pan. So it's, it's one of their gods. Pan, oh, a him little, to pan. I'm sorry. A him to pan. I got you now. Yeah, yeah. Him to pan. So you have pan, panic. They relate that to Baphomet, me, all these different deities, idols, whatever you want to call it. Copy. And so the connection of NASA with the occult, it's obviously there. Like that's mm-hmm. the dark history I was of NASA. Like thinking that earlier. Yeah. The Nazis, I'm already Jack there with Parsons. You. The Nazis, Parsons, well, and this Warner whole Braun, the whole illusion clip. control too. If we're talking about keeping people in this kind of Plato's cave of knowledge control, like if if you want to control what's the thoughts about what's going on up above us in space, you generate it for us, right? You tell us what's out there. You say, "Hey, we've sent rockets up, and it's like this," or right? Like you but get the out action. There and- the action of sending a rocket into space to me is a ritual. So if you look at how how it is, like how it's oh. it's, a, it's a phallus. You're not wrong. Right? <laughs> Shooting a giant phallus into the sky. You know, think about what the 
Yeah, this is this is I'm I'm trying not to bring in other cosmologies, but if you look at the firmament, you know what the earth symbolizes and everything. So it's again, it's a sort of it's a fire ritual, essentially, is what it is. Mm-hmm. And everyone's attention is focused in on it. Now, I think, in my opinion, a lot of these astronauts were kind of shady. Maybe there's people on those rockets, maybe not. And maybe those people that we see on, on, on these feeds, maybe they're off-grid somewhere where they got access to some sort of internet and they're able to live shot. You know, the bubbles in space never made never made sense to me. I'm not a flat earther. I am more of a a hollow earther, if anything. I think that the answer is at the bottom oh, of our oceans. <laughs> so, because you got that whole thing. Now... Well, that d- I, does go to the moon landing and Jack Parsons' connection with Jared Leto's current house that he lives in. Oh, God. Which was in, the, in Laurel Canyon, yeah. which was a secret, basically run by the intelligence community right. and was a massive soundstage and set, which supposedly was where they film the fake moon and and having uh kubrick on board jack parsons was a part of that uh your boy from scientology back then uh before scientology you know all these guys came they were all crowleyists yeah they were all followers of crowley they were all government assets and they were all inside (laughs) intelligence assets i still he was a navy man i still have a big problem with the whole moon landing stuff we just had a a probe or we had we had something that just went askew here recently in the last week or two that was supposed to be this probe we were spent you know sending up we were supposed to send manned missions coming up in 25 i think or end of 24 and they've pushed that off to 26 it's like okay I'll believe it again when we get there. Maybe we could just take all the steps we did before to get there so many times and just do it again and have, you the know, biggest Neil Armstrong hit another the, golf ball off the moon. I mean, the biggest secret society, the, the U.S. government. I mean, if you, th- you ever wonder why the Secret Service is called the Secret Service, now that makes a lot of sense to me. The Secret Service, yeah. the SS, They're huh? Servicing the secrets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, well, so that's out in the open, home, too. Homeland Security, when it was found, that was. Literally, the Nazis had a a group in German that's literally translated into Homeland Security. Oh, really? Yes. Hitler had a Homeland Security. Well. You know, it's it's almost like the the CIA became a a corrupted form of the the underground. But once the Nazis infiltrated through Operation Paperclip, there was like— Infiltrated? I mean, we just brought them over. Well, we brought them over. They infiltrated. They're probably just like, hey, come over here. It's cool now. Yeah, you know, all the way. Come that's, build that's rockets with his burner. Yeah. You know, they're running shit through Argentina. Yeah. You know, all those guys were living in Argentina. And There's whole you know, communities it's, it's in South pretty America. pretty well that documented German, that yeah. Himmler and uh, a lot of the high-ranking, including Hitler, probably made it to Argentina. And who knows yeah. what kind of effect yeah. they could have on our culture throughout these years, you know, yeah. through the CIA and secret societies and Hollywood and yeah, but it's just not the story everybody wants to hear. It's not the reality everybody wants to happen. It's not the movie ending that everybody went into those buildings for when they were, you know, ten years ago, though, looking you... for that escapism, right? Well, yeah. so like maybe that's the whole point of it is like maybe that's why reality is not fun to deal with, is because it's not the way that we would choose for things to go a lot of times. But that's kind of what is going on. So. But that is also one of the things that keeps me grounded in it is trying to like deal with it so I can like actually figure out what's going on. Like I can't go back to being ignorant. I could I couldn't try if I wanted to. And that's something that I 
I don't know if you can tell, I can't really have normal conversations with people anymore. I fully understand. I can't watch a movie anymore without Seeing going symbolism. into the, this. I started, I, I started watching Prometheus the other night. Oh, boy. Uh, Aliens Prometheus. Mm. With, Dude, with like at least so many three t- or four times in the last couple months I've watched that film. I love that movie so yep. much. It's, it, a lot of people didn't like it, but I Great. like it. And I started watching it. And the the the, the planet that they go to where the engineers are at, yeah. it's a 223. We reverse as three two two, which is the whole skull and bones. Yes. Uh, the and I was like, when I saw, it, I was like, ah, all right, whatever. So, <laughs> but you start to catch things. The more you learn, the more things start to pop out. Right. And and now it just kind of sort of happens automatically, especially now with doing it, like decoding for a community. It kind of just automatically sort of pops out to me to where like, okay, and then I can talk about this on the show or whatever it is, and. It's a blessing and a curse, I guess. But yeah, it really sucks the the fun out of everything because you start to deconstruct everything. I mean, yeah. But they're putting so much garbage in, in like even kids shows, you know, baby shows like you know the, the whole Coco Melon. Coco, I was just all, gonna say Coco. I would not let I my kids watch Coco Melon. Never. It's woke now. Like if you put Coco Melon on. They will literally. It's the only thing they'll actually watch. Like it's when crazy, when bro. babies are little, they don't even pay attention to the TV. So but when you this put Coco Melon on, they are on it, and they will watch it for hours upon hours. If that's yeah, people will just put their kids in front of Coco Melon for hours, and I'm like, this is weird. It felt weird right away. I'm like, nope. Not it's happened. weird, bro. Is it, is it a program like, it's you know, strange, I, I don't want to make any comments about it. It's hypnotizing them in some yet, way. I'll have, to, I'll have to check it out. If you catch me stuck in my office next week <laughs> when they're watching Coco Melon, <laughs> whatever the hell that is, probably so having I, a juice pack. And It's nothing weird. It's nothing like weird. It's just the timing that they use, the colors that yes. they use, the cadences that they use in the show is MK Ultra for little babies, bro. It's like well, that's MK what I'm Ultra saying. That's what I'm saying. It's It's like some kind of like... Your eyes never close, you know, like yeah, they're just, just feeding you somehow. I yeah. I know the I know the vibe. I get it. I don't know that we ever had shows like that when we were kids. I mean, DuckTales was never that nefarious, you know. They were just teaching us <laughs> Bro, history nah, nah, lessons nah, 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 about nah. Aztec gold and, you know, uh, you know, making a time machine with a, you know, a, a multicolored popsicle. There was a Bubba lot of Duck symbolism in DuckTales. There was a lot of symbolism. A lot of occultism and stuff like that. In yeah. DuckTales for sure. I was bo- so I was born in '94. I don't know what year you guys were born in, but we had Dragon Ball Z, we had Yu Gi Oh, we had. I never watched yeah, any of that. See, you grew I up never with watched Power Rangers. We were I grew more up teenage, in that era. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, we got about a decade. Transformers, on. Homunculus, Teenage Mutant <laughs> Homunculus. <laughs> oh, he just goes Homunculus, rat, bro. <laughs> Dude, a rat in the sewers that teaches you kung fu. Come yeah. on, bro. Yeah, it yeah. Was great. And then named after different historical people, Michelangelo da, was it Da Vinci, whatever. Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael. Yeah, Come they on, were all look famous. At the of all those guys. Yeah, they were. Well, they had us hook, line, and sinker. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, you might be making a lot of sense right now. <laughs> no, dude, I know I'm making it because when you go back and I've tried to put some of the shows that I watch for my son. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh, the Shadow Realm. Well, to some occultists, the Shadow Realm is a real place. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, wait a minute. Like, what? Encourage the cowardly dog. Weird things happen in the middle of nowhere. Well, the, the desert is the, right. You have the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah and the deserts. And then it's like, well, the devil lives in the desert. It's like, and then you look at the first episode, it's like the room is 666 and a half. And I'm like, 
stuff. Uh, we've been we've been fed this for a very long time. And Dragon Ball Z, SpongeBob, got a freaking talismans. If you collect them all together, you get granted mm-hmm. a wish by a freaking dragon. And then they're like demigods. Like, what's going on? Like, all that stuff was all back in here. And I think that's all actually why I'm interested in a lot of things that I'm interested in because yeah, we grew up watching this sort of stuff. Well, so I mean, I, I grew up with, with Indiana Jones. No, so you're, you're right. The Goonies, Indiana Jones was a lot of occultic, like Indiana yeah, Jones had a ton. I'm saying yeah. like cartoons, like yeah. I wasn't sitting there watching all, we just didn't have that. We had Bugs Bunny. Maybe there was some stuff in that. I don't like not as I just, it doesn't seem as overt as it's stuff like today <laughs> where it's like, some of the things that I've seen where I'm like, what is the pyramid symbology going on? And they're talking about, you know, like yeah. the, 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 there was one clip of this cartoon from like where they were doing it from like a Hollywood stance at time where I was like, this is so strange. <laughs> like, I can't believe this is a children's cartoon. Like what, what does any of this have to do with kids? Like where they're even going to pick up on this? Like I could follow the plot of fat cat schemes in tailspin. <laughs> I knew what he was a rescue <laughs> rangers. I knew what, I knew what fat cat was trying to do. You know, he's trying to corner the market and, and fruit or whatever he was trying to do. Like I got it, but it wasn't like, you know, fat cat was out there trying to, you know, cover the, the, the human trafficking trade. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's the kind of things getting slipped in where I'm like, that Dude, doesn't make any sense. I can what. take other innuendos, but like, I don't, how do you overtly put in some of the weirder things where I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Go watch five American tale. Remember what is, that? What does that mean? Fivel. Fivel. American the mouse? tale. Fivel yeah, goes the west? mouse. Yeah. Go watch that again. The first one. Dude, it I, is you're asking so, a lot of me. That's, we were kids, very little kids watching American tale. That's an adult movie. Go watch that. I'll have to rewatch it. It is dark, dude. It I can't is watch. I won't watch Pinocchio. I've only ever seen that once in my life. Pinocchio is never go back. Yeah. Too much. Pinocchio, homunculus, another one. There you there go. go. There you go. Okay. I, now that we're getting more examples out here, I'm with you. All Bro, right. I mean, all, a lot of Disney is based on old Germanic folk folklore, mm-hmm. which has more darker roots. So it's all, but just has the Disney twist on it. I mean, the whole idea of Disney... The reason it's right in Florida, it's the most magical place on earth. There's a reason why they're there. You have Disney along Disneyland along the 33rd parallel in California. There's a reason why it's there. I don't know if you guys have ever read Walter Bosley's work, with the, the latitude 33, but essentially they're tapping into these ley lines, right? These dragon well, lines, these old to alert currents. That's the club, the 33 club mm-hmm. in Disney. Walt Disney has a private club. Called the Thirty Three Club. Did not know that. And it's on the thirty third parallel. How it's do you literally get into called that? the Walter, Magic Kingdom. How do you get into that? Walter Walter D- Disney, like the the original Walt Disney, wasn't a Freemason. The one that was a Freemason was his brother, Roy. I believe his name was Roy. Yeah, Roy Disney. He's the mm-hmm. one. So yeah, he you do have a thirty third a thirty three club. Uh, he was part <laughs> of the Demolay, which is a sort of like Boy Scouts funded by Masons, which whatever. The in Florida, it's built again along the same parallel that NASA and SpaceX is on, which is the 28th parallel. And the 28th degree in Templarism is the degree of the sun. So I think it goes back to like, right, Florida is the sunshine state. I think it goes back to sun worship and the, and, and maybe not even the sun. It might be right, the, the, the brightest star, which we know that's Lucifer, right? The light bringer, which some people talk about it being Saturn. Other people talk about it being Venus. There's a whole Saturn. bunch of different cosmologies. Saturn's but cube. 
getting into the Saturn's cube and um, Saturn having basically a hexagon storm mm. that's in the shape of a hexagon on, on, on the North Pole. Mm. What is that about? I mean, that's just bizarre, like a perfect geometric shape. You so know. the conspiracy behind that—that's that's my that was my first ever interview. Really, the conspiracy behind that, the Saturn time cube simulation, is that if you've ever heard the noises coming from the planets, like so, if you if you YouTube right now, sound that Mercury makes, or sound that Venus makes, or sound that sure Saturn makes. Saturn sounds like screaming, like people screaming. Damn. And the conspiracy is that Saturn. Being Kronos, mm-hmm. being Father Time, yep, being you know all these different cosmologies, that he's the demiurge, and that there is a cymatic device on Saturn that's creating through sound frequencies, creating and being amplified through the rings of Saturn, right, being pointed directly at Earth to keep us in again this sort of simulation. To, to a false reality in, in a sort of way, and it, I mean, it, it, we've seen movies about that left and right. You have Plato, you know, Plato's cave. That's essentially what it is. Like people are believing the shadows on the wall versus actual reality, and so the idea that that's why there's that shape because of the cymatics, and mm-hmm. now cymatics is the use of sound to create shapes. Yep. And if you if you connect the lines on the on the hexagon, it creates a cube. The Saturn is the seventh day of the seventh planet from the sun. Seventh day of the week is Saturn day. Or I'm sorry, sixth planet from the sun, sixth day of the week. Uh, and you have a six-sided shape on its north pole. So that's where you get the 666 symbolism. And then if you look at the history in any mythology of this chrono slash Saturn god, it's never good. You know, he's eating his kids. Mm-hmm. He is, you know, control over time. So very alchemical. Right. So it's like if he controls time, then then what else is going on? So that that's where that comes from. And you see once you and that's what did it for me. That's Nick Hinton, the Saturn Time Cube simulation, where once you see that, you go, OK, well, all these movies, Hellraiser, Transformers at the side of 9-11, you have Stanley Kubrick. It's Saturn. It, it, it's uh, black cubes. It's like, wait a minute. The all spark is a cube, a black cube and mm-hmm. Hellraiser. They yeah. they go in through a different reality in the cube. The the cube the black cube memorial at the 9-11 site. Yeah. Then the other day there was some dude who fell into it, like bleeding. Like, what was going on there? Is that a, I didn't see that one. That's it was crazy. a 33-year-old man, or oh, he fell goodness. 33 feet, something like that. Always <laughs> something like that. Always. It never fails. You start to make those connections. But again, numerology is it all just, Is it being schizo and just like seeing patterns whether or not? Right? Because it's easy to to make things up. And that's where you get the whole tinfoil hat thing where it's like, oh, put your tinfoil hat on. Oh, but I think if you're style? like, I you think know? if you're like overly like charged sometimes, you know, some, oh, yeah, you know, like you can see a conspiracy everywhere if you want. But like, I think when you just, again, take in so much of that information over time, it's like it is what you're saying. It's like some people can look at those mm-hmm. 3D puzzles and get the picture really quick to just pop out. Like you just know to how to let your eyes unfocus. Yeah. This to me is a way of getting so much information that you get overwhelmed to where you let your brain just go out of focus. And then me. it just starts letting things rise up out of it where you go, I can't really tell you why, but this thing right here doesn't seem right. This seems like it's weird or off or whatever you want to say yeah. about it. And like, there are a lot of times you just don't really have the capability to put it into words or context, but you're like, 
my gut feeling from all of this information I've taken and over time to be kind of trained as this uh, cadaver dog of conspiratorial thought or nature, whatever it is, like it does. It just kind of presents itself to you and you're like, huh, that's why that's weird to me. You that don't even me. know it sometimes. Yeah. I had to hit pause because like Bub just said, you get ungrounded with this stuff. And yeah. conspiracies and all those things led me to looking into the occult and magic and Crowley and Madame Blavatsky. That's what led me to a lot of the conspiracies and the occultic stuff within, you know, the secret societies and kind of went backwards and came into the the modern era of Oh, all of these things go back to Crowley, go back to Blavatsky, but Blavatsky was going back to these kind of Predates ancient Hindu, else, yeah. you know, the, you know, Crowley was doing rituals inside the great temple. That's when that weird mm. little being that he writes about in the, in the book of the law and, and uh, gosh, I can't remember. Iowa's. Yes. And it's this creepy little big headed gremlin looking dude. That, that's a lamb. So sorry, lamb. Different instances. Yes, yes. Okay, let's go through these. What happened here? So lamb is from the Amalantra workings that happened in New York, and the uh, and the Cairo workings, which happened in the Great Chamber, yeah, in the King's Chamber. That's where he got in touch with Iowas. Now, lamb. Yeah, a lot of people say that Crowley was, and let me make sure I'm saying it, it's Amalantra or Alamantra. Alamantra working. So it's. Yeah, the Amalantra working. Okay, so I got it right. The so in the Amalantra workings, he was doing it was during <laughs> it was during 420, right? It was around 420 or I think it was uh 418, something like that. They were doing these rituals and it was in New York. They uh, allegedly opened up a portal and this being revealed itself to him that a lot of people argue of the whole conspiracy that aliens are actually demons because you have Curly who was an occultist using black magic to get in contact with these things. Fair enough. Iowas, which was in Cairo, was a voice that Curly heard during a seance with his wife at the time where essentially he heard a voice that made him get into a trance and write an entire book, which is the Libra Al, the book of the law, which is the core, like the Bible mm -hmm. for Thelema, uh, for Thelemites. So you have one of the more infamous, and I'm not going to say greatest, because I don't think he was great. One of the most infamous occultists that influence, you know, rock music and a lot of artists of their time, like the, I forgot which, which is the, the is Jimmy Page that bought the, yeah. the beat, right? is it Jimmy all, Page that bought the house? Anyways, I'm not 100% on that that history, but he did influence a lot of people. And we have this guy who was talking to interdimensional beings, essentially, that could have arguably been aliens. And I think that's what alien is. Like, that is extraterrestrial or interdimensional, you know, could be the same thing. And so that's where the homunculus also comes into play because the, the homunculus essentially is a vessel for what some scholars believe... Some scholars believe to uh, you know a few different things. Some scholars believe that homunculi are actually artificial demons that you're creating a demonic entity. Some people believe that homunculi are vessels for demonic entities, and that would play you know give credence and fortify the idea that the nephilim maybe perhaps that was the nephilim's like 
backfire plan. Hey, let's teach this knowledge to where they can make a vessel for us. That way we can come back and inhabit that vessel, right? We, demonic possession is a real thing, is a real phenomenon. So what a better way than to give a backup plan to the people that you're teaching these dark arts to be like, hey, if, you know, if it, if I do get destroyed, because maybe they could tell the future. Maybe they knew God was going to destroy them all. Like, right, let's teach these arts to these people. They're going to pass it down and they're going to make all these vessels for us. And that's the whole, you know, LMR Zuli thing where they're mm. making these oh, Nephilim boy. vessels, you know, with the blood of the cows, because the, the the cow blood is can actually be used in transfusions for humans. I mean, they, they're interchangeable. So the, it's also the again, plot of Chucky. <laughs> is it really <laughs> pretty much but, Chucky? The very first scene. Oh, in he that puts movie himself into a is different Chucky's body. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like he, he's doing he's a, a magic oh, yeah. ritual. criminal. He's doing a magic ritual, and he's dying when he's dying because he's this Satan worshiper, essentially. Bro, he, that movie's way off. And I had said, a Jesus. I had a sleepover in yeah. second grade at my house, and I didn't realize that nobody else watched these kind of movies. Nobody. Except me and I, hold on, bro. Hold on. You guys were like, confirmed. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Chucky I confirmed the homo. That's, that's hilarious. And I didn't even make that connection, bro. Thank you for that because that's one of the yeah, just dude, popped I, in my head. I'm like, dude, that's the plot. That's Chuck. And that's scary as hell because yeah. he's like screaming as he's like transferring oh, himself. Yeah. There's this like big lightning storm oh, that yeah. kicks off. It's and, in like, the alley. Right when he he's turns getting chased into, down. He turns into Chucky, and then next thing you know, goes home with that little kid, not, Andy. Not so child, again, these man. movies Jesus. are grounded in some truth to a certain degree. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I see a movie that says based on true events, I'm wondering the whole damn movie what the true event was. So, you, you know, it puts you in a sort of state of mind that maybe opens you up more like to be right. more receptive. Right. 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 You know, right. Like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, knowing that it happened in rifle. Well, well, what part of the movie was true thing? You know, like what part, and you're left the whole time. Like, Oh, the, the one, the one that really freaked me out, hereditary, where it's like based on true events. Wait, wait, Bro, hereditary what? is I don't think I've seen it. Oh, what's hereditary. Oh, so Give me a so don't watch it because, because, Gonna we have a sad? theory that the well, so we have a theory that the movies that that company produces, A twenty four, are cursed. So, any okay, so uh, we're gonna need to talk about this. <laughs> Sorry, Juan, you just stepped on. I don't want to spoil the movie for you. You don't but have to spoil it. it just, doesn't. Yeah, it does involve homunculus. Is it right. how old is this film? Homunculus confirmed. How, how old is the movie? Homunculus confirmed. <laughs> Homunculus confirmed. Eat. Oh. Good God. That's a homunculus. Hereditary. Uh, 2018. 2018. Is there any, like, is there actors in it that I would know or actresses? or might have been one of those. So we have under the radar. Tony Collette, Alex Wolf, and then that's the only people that you, those are the main two people. Okay. Uh, so you believe that this film is produced by a company or 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 a group that their films are cursed? A24 right on. I want makes to hear this. some very occultic films. And let me pull up their their film library so people know Cop. Midsummer. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Ex Machina was oh, one of the I ones. I watched Ex Machina. Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler was one of them. I've watched part let's of that. See, right? That's good. Movie. So let's see. Priscilla, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I haven't watched that one, but I heard that one was pretty occultic too. Hereditary Ladybird, The Whale with with 
Oh, oh is, the whale with is, this guy. Is that uh, what's his head? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's Brandon a Fraser. good one. Yeah. I haven't seen that. The witch, which I heard was really trippy too. I haven't watched that. But anyways, the point being that for this particular movie, Hereditary, they took various grimoires. So magic books on magic, and they pieced it all together and they made their own grimoire, which in my opinion would still work because that's the thing about magic. It's meant to be adapted. It's meant to be used now. Right. They took a whole bunch of different, we can get into John D and Enochian here after this, because Parsons was using that for the homunculus, the Babylon working ritual to make the femunculus, the, the, the woman manifester. And so they're taking different pieces of different grimoires and, and they made a grimoire uh, for the movie, specifically for the movie. Now, I was going to have this guy on who did this really, really, really great breakdown about Hereditary on this YouTube channel. I forgot the name. He told me he was going to come on, but he never hit me back up. But essentially, he has like this whole theories. Of, I love when people really go crazy with like fan fiction and like develop the story further than what we're given. You know, like I, I really love that. And so in this movie, the people who are behind it have to know, have to have a deeper knowledge of the occult to be able to construct what they constructed and part of the occult again and this is just us and by us i mean like my telegram group and stuff where we've come up with the idea that certain movies are cursed certain and there's certain be like my wife won't won't will not absolutely for no reason for 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 any reason watch horror movies and the reason for that being because she believes that you know things can happen and and that's true because during a couple of years ago, there was a few reports of people watching that movie with that clown and they were being possessed in the movie theater. Because, hmm. again, you don't know what. A diet doesn't just consist of what you're eating. It also consists of what you're consuming. So if you're consuming bad things on a daily basis, it's going to rot your brain and not maybe not physically, but, you know, what I'm saying like spiritually or yeah. whatever it is, it's going to wear down yeah. at that filter. Yeah. yeah and that's Re- the whole- remember what Lindsay said, Lindsay Brisbane. We had Lindsay Brisbane oh, from the Chilling right. Podcast, yep. and she lived, lived in a demonically haunted house here in Akron, Ohio. Um, if anybody hasn't heard of the yeah. Chilling Podcast, you should go Good check series. it out. Um, very well <laughs> done, um, very well well put together. Um, but she lived in this house for I don't know a year and a half, two years. Three girls, um, it, three girls, her roommates in college, and you know when they were getting a tour of the house, they saw this really strange symbol in the basement wall. Not so. I mean, and they were like, it's they were very satanic, very like. desperate to get into this house, and so they just didn't want to split up as roommates. They couldn't right. find a house that could accommodate three. It was like two mm-hmm. or nothing. And so they got into this house and early on uh, around Halloween, they decided they were going to watch uh, The Exorcist. And so they're all in the living room and all this weird stuff starts happening in the house. It just um, like raised all the energy and like gave whatever was going on like an amplified yeah. ability. So they're like, OK, we should turn this off. And she said, if you live in a haunted house or demonically haunted house, do not watch horror movies. I mean, it makes sense. It's just like throwing, it you know, amplifies it, throwing salt and pepper into a dish. You know, you live in a haunted house. You start putting on some <laughs> phantasm or poltergeist. And the next thing you know, they're like, hey, you got any popcorn, too. I'll join you on the sofa. And you're oh. like, no, like I'm good. Go back to there's being... something there's something in the occult that is called occulted scaffolding. Okay. And I think I'm I think I'm the only one that's ever talked about that. And and 
It's a culted scaffolding, and it's re- in relation to this other thing, Pythagorean palaces, which is a whole different, um, you know, um, theory. But essentially, occulted scaf- uh, scaffolding you can apply it to really any occult principle where it's the intention that goes in behind that work that was produced. So take it, take it as this. So when they're writing the script, all the stuff that was left out of the script. Or you have the director's cut of a lot of movies where they cut off certain amount. I think it was Eyes Wide Shut where they where there oh. was like 20 minutes that they never put out or whatever it was. And I mean, that movie's already bizarre as is. But the concept of when people are an occulted scaffolding tip for people to, to get a grasp on it. When you're doing a sketch and you, you know, some people use like reinforcing sketches or I don't know what it would be called to, to you know, they draw a circle to draw a head. Well, and then after they're done with it, they erase it. That's sort of a cult of scaffolding where you don't know what went in behind the creation of said thing. So on our money, it says, in God we trust. Everyone automatically assumes like, hey, that's, that's you know, Jesus Christ, right? The, the God that we all know and love. How do you know? How do you right. know? Right. These are guys that were in secret societies. Pretty vague. That were part of secret occultic groups. And you automatically... But yet it has an all-seeing eye, has a pyramid, all, all this weird garbage on our money, sigils, right? That's what it is, sigils, mm-hmm. that everybody, everyone's life revolves around, right? Nobody can do anything without it. So it's like, that's pretty occult. And it's like, well, you automatically assume, and God, we trust that it's the God that you know. Right. Right. And what and about people problems. from other religions? And, yeah. and, and God, we trust it. Do they automatically think it's like... If they're Hindu or whatever, like, what, is it their gods? I don't know. Again, no disrespect, but no. you get no, what absolutely. I'm saying. Like, no, no. Uh, money is Babylonian money magic. 100%. It goes 100%. back to Babylon through enslavement, through these paper systems. That was all about Jesus going into the 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 money changers the temples in the, in the temple out. and kicking them out. Because yeah. that was like your early, that's like your first Rothschilds and Rockefellers. Mm-hmm. So people that mm-hmm. were in banking were always into the occult, bankers, always into the hundred percent. Yeah, and that's again, that's a hard pill to swallow for some people. Some people are like, oh, you're reaching. It's like no, if you trace back mm. the origins of a lot of things. So that's why I said that there might be some secret hidden thing within these movies. And I'm using A24 because again, you got to watch it to to really understand what I'm talking about because it's like a regular movie at first that you don't really know what's happening, and then. At some point in the movie, it like it really because you know it's a horror movie during the entire time that you're watching it. You go, okay, but where's the horror? You know what I mean? Again, based on true events, it's very lull, but they're doing programming throughout the entire movie. That's what this other guy breaks down. He's like, oh, do you remember this part with where she was doing this and that? It's like, oh, it's all connected to this at the end. It's like, whoa. And so if you're not conscious of it, you're never gonna catch it. But at one point in the movie, it gets cranked up to like 110. You go, oh, okay. And then boom, the finale at the end where you're like, that was really, really disturbing. <laughs> and you're left with this like weird tasting. You're like Midsummer. Midsummer was created by the same people. And from what I've been told, they follow each other chronologically. I forgot. The guy told me uh, one becomes before the other. It's a continuation anyways. But Midsummer again, very... Lol at the beginning, and then it just at one point you lose yourself in the story. You go, How did we go from this to what just happened? Right? So it gets very disturbing. And and I've I've watched movies that had really like changed me a little bit, and maybe hereditary, not one of them, but 
still pretty up there. And I'm not talking about like movies that are like banned in the US or whatever, because there's some of those. But again, this morbid curiosity of of when you tell me don't watch that, I'm you know, you're gonna watch it. Don't watch the human centipede. Well, why not? Well, yeah, I'm staying away from that one. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that one alone. I'll take your word for it. I want to watch this predator. That's I want to I want to see what he's talking about on this one. I'll watch that. I'll watch that. Yeah. Burn a little. You guys are watch it, but it's like you're talking about growing up. Well, we just grew up information wise. Yeah, we grew up in a time where we were getting like the early parts of the internet. Yeah, we were we we were watching people get unalived on camera. You know, watching yep. all the Taliban videos and all. Oh these yeah. Things. As a kid, yeah, going through middle school, you know, what I'm saying like yep. we were exposed to these things, and that there was some very disturbing ones that people, yep. you know, that you would come across. Even till this day, you'll get one or two on Facebook. I don't really go on Facebook anymore, but there's a lot of like gore at the early stages of of the internet that we were exposed to. I was in middle school and high school. Like that has some, that's got to do something to you in the long run. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a reason why people got PTSD. Yeah. PTSD is a real Mm -hmm. thing. Oh yeah. Kill some time. Especially when you're that young, seeing somebody get beheaded is, you know, I remember that being a video I caught one time somehow, and I was just like, no, that's not for me. Like I remember, I I didn't sleep well for like weeks. Yeah. We were in our early twenties during that time. The production value. They have some great production value they at did. one point. Where I was they like, definitely do. Where I was like, man, this looks, this looks... This guy just got his head blown off, but it looks really good. Like, the Cinema shot cameras. was... <laughs> yeah, the, the quality, like, really shot up to where... It got to a point where I thought it was fake. Like, some of the stuff looked... It looks... What is well, it? It looks so it real because it's fake. That some of those were <laughs> fake? I thought it did come out that... Oh, uh, I'm sure there were some at the... Yeah. Some of those were, I believe it. You know, probably like some kind of CIA group or yeah. something. What like was that. the statement I keep in ringing Hollywood around in my head? Is believe nothing of what you see and only half of what you hear. Yeah, but seeing is believing. Well, not anymore. And uh, that and is the thing. Unless yeah. I am right there <laughs> next to you to witness it, it's really tough anymore with videos and deep fakes and this and that and just yeah to the level of. You know, somebody put a video up the other day on X and there was like, what's wrong with this video? And it looked like kids from like the 1920s, like this video had just been colorized. But then when you're watching the video, you just start to notice the hands and that's where you got to look at. Well, the digits are all jacked up all the time or like when they're moving or something like they more for like kind of looks like Vincent D'Onofrio in the cell when he's like speeding up and slowing down as that weird like psycho killer inside Jennifer Lopez's, Lopez's mind, like that blur effect, you know, where like. You can tell something's off, but you're not sure what it is, but it'll get better and better and better. Yeah. And that's the thing, the, the, right. What I call the, the destruction of the uncanny Valley, because as humans, right. And this relates all to homunculus and we can, you know, tie it all in at the end because it's, it's, I'll go and I'll say, I'll go on record to say that a lot of people in power in the government in Hollywood and otherwise, world leaders are homunculi. Now, I'll state as to why. But the destruction of the uncanny valley as a person, you know when something is off. You know, you get all these stories of Skinwalker and all these weird stories where people see something and they go, there's something off about that. There's something that isn't right. And I think that's the soul. I think that's what that's the essence, right? That's And now I'm not talking about when somebody has like mental health issues because you can also tell 
when that and again i'm not saying that in a, in a bad way but you can also right. tell when somebody's not there you know because they're, they're they're delayed in some sure. sort of way right i'm talking about something completely different i'm talking about just like a weird way of being and not just i'm a weirdo but you know you, you get what i'm saying an npc and or something like that that kind of dehumanizes a large amount of of the population you i think wouldn't, i wouldn't say yeah i'm not going to say npc i don't think that's the correct i don't think I don't think that would exist. I don't think that an actual NPC that is there for texture exists. That's just my, some people believe that. Yeah. That there are people who right. are here just for texture. Have you ever seen your neighbor bring in groceries? I've never seen my neighbor bring in groceries. Does that mean that they're fake and they're an NPC? No, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like that sort of thing. Like there's a lot of things that sometimes don't add up, but right. And that's just a funny one, but I meant the, more of like just like a term to like cover the fact that like if there are people out there that are like you're saying, maybe more of the homunculi like uh effect, it's not necessarily that they're an NPC, but like almost like what you're trying to say, I think is I don't I don't mean it by that. Okay. I, I mean it by that a homunculus. So we have the evolution of magic and magical systems. So John D created a system of magic that got passed on golden Dawn, all these secret societies. Crowley picked it up. He turned it into his own thing. You know, groups in between there, the Rosicrucians and all those, I don't think the Rosicrucians were involved in Enochian, but the, you get, you pick up these, this knowledge, you modify it and you tweak it to your own setting. So you can use it. It's okay. Because Again, you're tapping into a higher power. You have Crowley, and then he inspired Parsons, which Parsons took it and kind of tweaked it and made it into his own thing. So there's an evolution of the tech, right? The I think it's technology. I think the occult is the technology that you're able to use and tap into. And so Crowley really broke down, he writes about this, the idea of the homunculus not an alchemical homunculus. He did say that an alchemical homunculus could be possible, right? He did write about that. But he broke it down to where, in my opinion, I think this was where Epstein and all these guys come in, a homunculus could be as simple as the surrogate mother that you had, you know, carry your child, which we know a lot of elites and a lot of celebrities use surrogates. I mean, that's a, that's a thing in Hollywood. And we, we know very, the Kardashians and various people who have used surrogates. I'm going to make sure that she has the baby on such and such day at such and such time, X, Y, Z. Boom. They they astrologically align the birth of that person because maybe they believe that by being in the, the Leo constellation, you know, having a rising Leo and a setting, whatever. I don't know a lot of astrology, <laughs> but it plays a role in alchemy and all the things. It's like they have more favorable attributes as a person. That That to me right there, that's a homunculus. Now, apply that to the U.S. presidents. We know that the U.S. presidents are all related by blood. I mean, they, except for one of them, that they that they trace back their lineage all the way back. That's, right that's strange. Mm -hmm. That's strange, right? right? Like, we know a lot of royalty and elites, they, they you know, nepotism, and they keep everything in the family. So what's all that about? The Habsburg chin. They're they all Germans. Chin the Habsburg, they're all yeah. Germans. The, they the, were interbreeding with one, so their the chin was like... Yeah, the Russian czars... We're all cousins with the. Sounds like Game of Thrones type the, stuff. The yeah, Targaryens. Yeah, well, the <laughs> house of, story, right? I mean, yeah, um, the house, the Windsors, they were Germans. Mm -hmm. They were all first cousins with um, Queen Elizabeth's uh, father, 
was first cousins with Nicholas the first, uh, the the last Lizarre. star of Russia, yeah. and then also you know the the back then it was the Prussian Empire, right? Which yeah. you know German Empire, whatever you want to call it, but they were just all you know. Franz Ferdinand was related to all of them, and too wild. I got into that uh, YouTube charts. Um, the guy that yeah. makes all the the big charts on YouTube, and then he makes these huge posters, but he makes these big high resolution PDF files, and then we'll just digitally scan all through these charts, and you look at how all these people are related, and then you go into other kingdoms of like Finland and Norway, and how you know the Russians were really just the Rus people, and how all these different groups and how the countries were just created by these big families that were just migrating to other places to start new kingdoms. All a coincidence, bro. I'm sure you know, just- Charles the First. <laughs> this is the one. All the, a coincidence, bro. You know, dude. I'm sure, I'm See, sure it's just a coincidence. I'm a person that loves to, happens. I like to connect the dots. I get kind of hung up with. But with the funny thing is, when you do that, people this. go, "All that can't all connect." And you're like, "No, but it." Re- I mean, I can look through all this and tell you it does, and that's when that's it gets why I really tell people weird. And that's why I said at the very beginning, I know absolutely nothing more than what I do since the beginning of when I started researching all this. Yeah. I'm just presenting to you the research you make of that, what you will. I have my own ideas. Yeah, obviously, because taking in so many different points of views, but I don't know. I'm not saying that this is the truth, but how you're saying, when you start to look at the bigger picture, you go, something's off here. Something is weird about what's right. going on. Right. And there's a, you start to see a pattern emerge, you know, and that's why I don't like the term conspiracy theories. I think it's more pattern recognitionist, you know, we, yeah. we recognize patterns, we connect the dots and we, we do the, you know, cause some conspiracies are stupid. I mean, I think that some conspiracies Me too. are just well, way It's meant crazy. to take your eye off the ball. Well, and to delegitimize actual real things. Yeah. Yeah. It, but, but look at Jack Parsons, like what Juan's telling us, you know, about the JPL and NASA, people really didn't get hit to that Jack Parsons and all these connections until 40, 50 years later. Well, you're talking about back yeah. then you, know, you would have had to have known Jack Parsons or a story yeah. would have had to have come I mean, out yes. and made it, it was, to the newspaper, yada, whispers. yada, like, yeah. The, the information travels so much faster now, or at least it used to. I think it's stifled a little bit more now. They've gotten better at muddying it, so it's mm-hmm. hard to figure out what's real and what's not. Because if we could get all the raw data, I think it would be too much easier to figure out what's actually going on. So there's always like – like today, for example, what was it? The SEC put out something about Bitcoin from the SEC's account. And then moments later, like minutes later, they had to retract it. And it like made <laughs> it made Bitcoin do some crazy maneuver. Like spiked, the SEC, yeah. what did they tweet something about? They might have to hold themselves long... accountable yeah. and like bring themselves to court for what they did for market manipulation. Like that's yeah. that's where we're at. I saw like, the wick. Yep, I saw the wick. Yeah, it was yep. it was crazy. It's just uh, it, interesting. The hacked account. and it it, <laughs> it shows it show like, even in shows right the on on if you guys saw the show you. Um, I think that was, no, I did not. I think I have. So it's a it's a really good show. The I'm not gonna spoil, it, but at the end of that show, that series, they really show what I believe is is like happening. Like I don't know if you guys ever saw House of Cards yep. with Kevin Spacey, which sure. you know what happened with him. Yeah, but that show and how when they ask, I think they asked a representative or something one time, like how accurate is that show? And the, and he's like, well, it's a ninety nine point. Eight percent accurate. It's like, oh, why not hundred percent? It's like, well, because in a legislature, you know, legislature wouldn't pass a 
healthcare reform that quickly, you know, in the show, yeah. how quickly they had <clears throat> passed it. It's like, that's the most yeah. unrealistic part of not it. The, the passing of the, yeah, not the other stuff, the extortion, the murder, the this, the that, the that. It's like They're like that. Oh, that's every yeah. day. Yeah. Every day cart. And that, you know, to me, cause like a lot of people will be like, Hey, you know, don't talk about, obviously there's certain topics that you can't talk about. And I, I mean, that's a given, right? There's certain things that you can't talk about, which we know what those are. And, but to me, there isn't any sacred knowledge that you're not supposed to have that you'd wake up that you wouldn't wake up for, if you know what I'm getting at, right? I think that sort of knowledge where you don't wake up from knowing what you know is if you walked in in a room to some people doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing, prominent people, well, now you're a liability. So therefore, you need to be eliminated. I think that's the dangerous stuff. Like as far as all these alchemical tomes, if they're, if, 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 if there is some truth to any of it all, because it, it could all be fake and gay, as I like to say. I think that, that that's a possibility that maybe these people were trolling us the whole time. And maybe they they knew the secrets and they just never wrote it down. I mean, that, that's also a possibility, which that that could that you can apply that principle to any part of history, any part of ancient history. If you look to, to the victor, the spoiled, whatever group wins is the group that graffitis over the previous civilizations and God's names and puts their own and, and tears down their statues and tears Rewrites down their history. building yep. and builds churches on their old sacred mm-hmm. temples and all that stuff. Like we know that happens. That's so right. how much of re, of of history? I mean, just history itself. How many times do you not make a typo sometimes typing things up? You don't think things are going to be translated incorrectly or typed? And I'm not trying to say this to discredit any religion or say it's fake or anything. I'm just saying man is imperfect. We know this man makes mistakes. Just take that into consideration because people will fight wars over religion, religion alone. So just think about that. Next time, you know, you want to judge something or whatever it is, you know, at the end, at the end of the day, I think that how, how I have always said, I think that we all have the different, we all have the right puzzle pieces. They're just mixed up. You know, they're all jumbled up. And not until and not to sound cliche, but not until we can all come together, we'll be able to solve this this puzzle. Cause I don't think that's gonna happen either. I think that the people that be the powers that be need everybody in a in a constant state of fear, mm-hmm. in a constant state of of disorganization again, religiously, politically. I mean, we see that a lot. And I think that. Some people worship their political parties, you know, again, the, the, I think if you're still caught up in the left, right paradigm, you're, you're, I think you're, you're in the, you're in the meat grinder, you know, you still have, mm-hmm. you have to really break out of that, yeah. out of that mentality. Cause I think that's just herd mentality and right. Mammals are, are some of the only animals that, that stampede look at Buffalo. I mean, they, they would stampede off of cliffs. They use that same analogy for humans, you know, like everyone starts to panic. Yeah. Starts to jump off the cliff and and you're not, you know, it's just it's, yeah, it's it's crazy. Dividing so, the people from the inside. That's how you take down empires. Yeah. You know, that's the, mm-hmm. the army handbook of the, the Green Berets of and you know the, the people that go in and other countries, you know, we do that to other countries all the time. 
we embed ourselves into their culture and we start dividing, whether it's through newspaper articles, whether it's through the radio, like that is the playbook. We do that. Why wouldn't somebody else be doing that to us right now? Right. And is embedded into our culture right now. It is so much easier to take us down if we're all worried about Trump and Biden and, and all these fools mm-hmm. that are just yeah. dinosaurs that Homunculi. need to be their homunculi. homunculi. And they need to be, you know, the whole swamp not, needs to be drained, not just the left swamp that... and the right swamp. It's all one big giant you know, uh, uh, so you go ahead and you stack uh, spaghetti sauce at a store. China, China, China. You can't tell me that's a real person, bro. I mean, both of those guys. You can't tell me they're real people. There's no, there's no way. Oh, there's shit. no way, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, oh, there's, no, it's in front of people. Like William Shakespeare, one of the, one of the greatest. How do I say this? One of the greatest, not magicians. I don't think he was a magician. Maybe, maybe he was a magician. I think that he was into some. There's a conspiracy that he traveled around with John D and, and Edward Kelly. But the right, he's at the forefront of the English language. Like at the, you know, a lot of words that we have come from Shakespeare. And this is a guy who literally tells you, you know, the world's a stage. Every man and woman has their entrances and exits. That's what it is. Agreed. These people are at the at the front of it. And again, you can't tell me these are real people. They're homunc- they're homunculi. I believe that they were. Bred for a certain purpose, part of a certain family who will exert their power. And it just, the charades going on, you know, a fight. We saw this in wrestling, you know, when the right. two fighters would be mortal enemies and right. then find out they, they found him doing, you know, some sort of drugs oh backstage. Yeah. And they got arrested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, um, Weinstein gosh. always talks about this. Kayfabe. <laughs> He always talks about wrestling and kayfabe and how you can apply that to politics as well. And it always 100%. makes me think of the movie Road Trip when uh, the one guy needs to learn all of the Greek history. And he's like, do you know wrestling? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, then I can tell you Greek mythology and history. He's like, I'll just explain it to you through kayfabe. Yeah. Well, that was John Duggan and the Iron John, Sheik. Oh, Hacksaw John, Jim, John, Jim Hacksaw Duggan. Jim the well, Hacksaw Duggan. Well, his name Duggan. John then. John Duggan, John the Hacksaw Duggan, and the Iron Sheik were partying after an event, and all these people saw them <laughs> at the bar getting hammered together. And and, like, you can't do and, that. You and, guys hate each right. other. And they're like, no, dude, that's some, all a show. Some journalist was there and wrote it up in a newspaper, and that was like one of the first instances where people started real like, wait a minute, wrestling's not real. <laughs> at least wrestling. <laughs> at least wrestling. <clears throat> I never really got deep into it. I know people who have gone like way. When like, I was a kid. I used to watch it every Sunday after church. An entire lure, bro. It's like an entire lure. Jake the Snake. At least wrestling is one of the ones that will tell you it's fake up front. But still people will believe it. Yeah. Like people, those kids watching it believe all the stuff that's being. Again, extrapolate yeah. that. Bring that out. Like to yeah. you. Well, and society. now when you can make that a little bit more finely tuned. To where it's not as easily recognizable. How do you really know it? You know what I mean? Like, so that's the finesse of the kayfabe that's going on is it's gotten so much better where people are like, you really think they're friends? I'm like, yeah, they go to each other's <laughs> weddings and this, like, yes, they're friends. Like, they're going to show you one way to get you to vote one way. But uh, behind the scenes, man, do you think they don't all sit at the same tables and go to the same meals and get the same pay and benefits and insider trading and whatever else? Like, yeah, there's a whole host of reasons to get into that club. Pelosi's the greatest stock trader in the in the entire history. Amazing, of stock right? 
better than uh, oh she beat Boyd. all of the hedge funds last yeah. year. Her return was like sixty three percent. He's got some knockers on her though, bro. I'm gonna tell you that much. Oh yeah, you no. Know. <laughs> Andrew, Sh- Andrew Schultz calls calls them them heavies. <laughs> She's yeah, some, something like that. She's got some <laughs> serious uh, chutzpah. Now, Juan, I, I do want to backtrack because we we brought John D up and and uh, I don't know who John D is. It, I just so know the name for now. Bob, I know. I just I'm I'm like a babe in the woods here. Yeah, talk. Let's talk about because because I keep thinking Magic, John D Rockefeller, but I know that's not right. Hey, there's a lot of great books and 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 things that I've read a little bit, but I've seen a couple really good documentaries about John D and and Enochian magic and that that system, which is Enoch. The root there is Enoch, I, yep, which is the grandfather it. of Noah. With it, um, the Book of Enoch, which is one of the the books from the Bible that have, were, were were not allowed to be included. Um, it doesn't make any sense, but I'll follow you. So that's kind of the lineage of, but Juan. Yeah, John D. So, and, and Edward. For the record, John D. Rockefeller did have right create the creature at Jekyll Island that we all know and love as the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve so I'm sure that's just I'm sure that's just a <laughs> a coincidence. But John D. Yon D. And I have I don't know if you can see it on camera. Uh, you can't see it, but I have a massive tome of of the magical journals of John D. and Edward Kelly. Now, John D. was a sort of polymath. He was the court astrologer of Queen Elizabeth. Now, I don't know of a lot of the history behind John D. He was a mathematician. He was a cartographer. He was at the forefront of a lot of cartography, which is also occult in my in my research. Maps back then were used as, as talismans, and they were used for all sorts of weird things. Also, another aspect of the homunculus is to help you find treasures, which Edward Kelly, the the associate of John D, found the Voynich manuscript with the use of a homunculus, a spiritual creature, as they like to call them. So again, it wasn't a homunculus, but it was called a spiritual creature, if you will. And so John D, he got he. This is what the Faustian Pact is modeled after. He he had this crazy rich history, and I've read like probably like five or six biographies on John D. And he had a you know political career, he had a mathematical career. He was the first one to translate Euclid's, uh, forgot which Euclid paper in English. So he was a he was it was all he was all over the place. He was a polymath, and it got to the point where he's like, yo, he had the lar- largest library in Europe for his time. At one point, so he had all he had all these crazy books, including, including a copy of the two copies of the Liber Vacay, which is a grimoire on how to create homunculi. So there's the connection there. You can connect John D. He might have read it. He might have not. Maybe he collected it. Right? There was a lot of manuscripts that were collected back then, but nonetheless, he did have a copy of that. So I'm sure he was aware. He was an alchemist too. He was trying to create the Philosopher's Stone, and he got to a point in his life where. He felt that he had acquired all the knowledge in the world and he needed to step. He needed to find knowledge and extract knowledge from outside, from outside space. And he needed to, he believed that he needed to talk to angels and entities is what he was talking to and outside sources. And he needed a way to do it. So at one point in time, there's a story where he is in his house and he hears a knocking on his window and he opens the window and I forgot which angel it is. I think it's Raphael or, or, or Michael. One, one, one of these typical angels, you know, like the different archangels, one of those, and he gives them a little quartz egg, like a little, and this is still on display at the, one of the museums. 
he gives him this little egg. And again, he has this supernatural thing. This is a guy who was being haunted by poltergeists. He had a lot of poltergeist activity in his house. There was things falling off the the walls and knockings and just weird stuff going on with this guy. He he documents all this. He can read all this. Okay. And so he's trying to find a scryer to work with him in order to access this other side, right? And scrying, essentially what it is, is... It's a form of divination and you're supposed to, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to stare. You know, some people use different things, but mostly it's known as using a black mirror. And you're supposed to stare into the black mirror and you're going to go into this sort of hypnagogic state, an altered state of consciousness, and you will start to have visions. Okay. That's just, again, the crystal ball. Think of the crystal ball as one of yeah. the forms of divination. That's where it you comes sit there and, from in yeah. modern pop culture. The crystal ball, that was John D. Yeah. and Edward Kelly were using mm-hmm. this crystal ball. Mm-hmm. And Kelly was the one that was receiving the messages from the angels, not John D. John D. was just yeah. taking the system and essentially cataloging everything and making it into something. Yeah. Edward Kelly had no idea what he was saying or doing. Okay. He was just literally the guy that was channeling the information through these crystal balls, through these angels, is how they were appearing this gets more in, interesting into this crystal second. ball. It's wild shit. Oh, yeah. Stuff. No, it gets, uh, we're going to turn it up to 10. It gets way better. So the – and by the way, he had various scryers. He had one – Barnabas was – which well, one of the first ones that he had, They he ended up like stealing from him, so he ended up – I get it, letting go of him. And again, I could be getting some of the, the details wrong, but he had at one point, his son was also scaring for him. John D's son scribed for him for a little bit. And after Edward Kelly and John D broke up, I'm going towards the end here. There were magical journals that were lost in another set of seances that he had with this other guy. And we're never going to know. I think his name was Bartholomew, the, the, the last one. We're never going to know what they encountered, but essentially he finds Edward Kelly, who, again, there's mixed feelings as to if the grifter was Edward Kelly or if the abusive one in the relationship was John D. They're still split. They were saying that John D. was abusing of Edward Kelly yeah, and vice versa. That's what I heard. Because John uh, Edward Kelly had a, a reputation for being a forger, and he was the crop cropped eared wizard and he was forging documents and they would chopped his ears because of the, as a form of punishment. So he was Damn. the black sheep. And when he introduced himself to John D he told him his name was Ed, Edward Talbot. Well, he didn't tell him his, his real name. And at one point in time, the angels are like, this guy is lying to you. <laughs> right? Like, like there's something fishy going on with this guy's guy's not what it seems. And eventually he ends up telling him his name was Edward Kelly. And maybe they, he lied to him saying that. So he wouldn't recognize him or something. Who, who knows? Like, we don't know what was happening in between them behind the scenes. Mind you, these guys were scrying and having seances for 10, 12 hours a day. They were mm-hmm. in this room. Their, their kids are running around the room. They're trying to do the scrying. Like it's crazy because this was a form of, right. It was angel magic. It wasn't, Although he was labeled, you know, making deals with the devil and all that stuff, to them, alchemy, and, and they, again, this is the 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 psychology of the time, because you have the, you know, the, the Salem witch trials happen after and, and all that stuff. But the idea that as long as it was natural magic, magia naturalis, which is 
if God put it in nature and I mix A plus B and I get C, it's okay. Because otherwise, God wouldn't have put it here if he didn't want me to use You know what I'm saying? Like a, Makes like sense. a, a technicality. Mm-hmm. Like, as long as I don't use outside forces, right? Outside influ- astral influences, it's good. And I'm also talking to angels. So it's a, I'm talking to angels and they're going to protect me and they're going to make sure that no demonic entities enter and mess up what we're trying to do here. We're just trying to get information. So that was their philosophy. And they're doing all this stuff. They're, they're trying to also transmute, let into gold. They're doing all these things. And eventually the angels give to them a system. And this is what's, they didn't call it Enochian at the time, but essentially it's a language with a syntax, with a whole, so you can look this up. There's a whole Enochian dictionary and linguists have looked at this like actual doctors and have looked at this and they, and they go, it's not a made up language. It's a real language that we don't know where it came from. Yeah. Okay. And now there's conspiracies behind that. Like, well, Edward Kelly made up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. If Edward Kelly made up the whole thing, he would have to be one of the smartest individuals of all time because the way that they were presented this alphabet, essentially, and all these tablets was backwards, right? So in some of the visions, there's a, there's a whole bunch of different ones. In some of the visions, the angel had a long stick and he would point at the letters one by one backwards. This was a painstaking process. I mean, this took, this this happened over. I don't know exactly how many years, but over years. And the reason that they wanted to so there's thirty, I think there's thirty one aethers, and aethers is different dimensions essentially. Okay. And every aether has its guardian, so an entity that guards that aether. And the angels were showing them essentially what some people have come to hypothesize about is that they were showing them a different dimension, other other realities through the use of this technology, through the use of Enochian, the language in which Adam named everything in the garden, in which the last person to know it before he went with God was Enoch. Okay, that, that was the whole story behind that of why it's the last person to know it was Enoch. So that's why it's called Enochian. They didn't call it Enochian when, when they were doing it. So then they were just doing seances. They were just talking to angels, right? So they were being showed this alphabet backwards and all these tablets. And you can look these up in the British Library Museum online. You can look up the whole tablets and everything. Like, this is real things. It's just grids of numbers, grids of numbers. And essentially what you do is, because people practice Enochian, and it's one of the most powerful forms of magic from what I've been told, and one of the most dangerous forms of magic. And what they do is they follow the letters and they're able to make the names of different entities and you're able to call forth the guardians of these aethers and again, access them or consult them, but they hate humans and they get really pissed off when you call on them. So the angels, when they were showing them the the names and everything, they were doing it backwards. And they're like, we're doing it backwards right now because if we were to do it forward and you accidentally were to spell something, you could quite, possibly bring forth the destruction of your entire reality like that that's how severe this was that these angels were showing them again how to deconstruct reality and john d again this is a really vast topic but john d went on to create the monus hieroglyphica which is a sort of alchemical symbol that's used to deconstruct reality itself there's a joke that john d is actually the demiurge and you know with the whole 
camera obscura and all that stuff that he's actually the one, you know, controlling reality and all that stuff. Again, there's a whole thing because this guy was talking to ultra terrestrials. Mm-hmm. And if you read the descriptions of what he was talking to, in my opinion, and what I, what I've been meaning to do is I've been meaning to do an episode on just this. And I want to plug in the descriptions that you that he gives us into AI to get a picture of what mm. he was seeing. Oh wow! Because Bro. at one point in time, <laughs> we'll tune at, into that. Yeah. At one point in time, God shows Himself, and I have a, I have a picture of this. God shows Himself to them. This is towards the end. God shows Himself to them, and He didn't show Himself into like what you would what what you would what we call Saturnian God, right? The old man on a, on a throne, white hair. You know, we've all seen that. We all think of God like, oh, he's, you know, sky daddy. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. (laughs) Maybe a little thinner. (laughs) European, whatever you want to call it, right? Like the whole thing. And he shows himself as a whale. Okay. Covered in eyes. So think of a whale covered in eyes. That was God. To them now, there's various ideas as to what John Dean and Kelly were doing. Some people say that they were taking psychedelics, some people say otherwise. Some people, I don't believe that they were taking psychedelics because, yeah, <clears throat> and I and I think that the abuse was on both parts. I think that Edward Kelly was taking advantage of Don, John D's na- naiveness, if that's even a word. He's very naive, right? He's very a matter of fact guy. Think of a nerd, right? He's really smart. He's probably a nerdy guy, you know, like, Hey, I can talk to angels for you, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, help me cover these medical bills that my sister has. Yeah. And, this and that, and I married a woman that I hate. Like this was Edward Kelly. Like he married a woman they hated and all this stuff. And, so they, they travel throughout Europe. It gets to the point where the guy, the angels are like, all right, we can promise you. And mind you, they made magical furniture. They made Enochian tablets. They made rings. They made chest plates. Again, this story goes deep. All under the instruction of these angels. And it was mm-hmm. to use this magical system. Now, it got to the point to where the angels were like, all right. Essentially, to wrap it all up in a nutshell, the angels were trying to bring forth the apocalypse. And they wanted essentially a new world order of a of a, of a new religion, okay? Of the, this new hermetic religion, you know, essentially what they what they wanted to do. It got to the point where the angels were like, "All right, we'll proceed on to the next part." And mind you, Edward Kelly is the one getting all these downloads, all right? And he's telling John D. And it got to the point where he's like, "All right, well, the angels want us to go visit Rudolph the second and tell him that he's been possessed by demons and that he must." give himself up and, and free of himself of these demons. Mind you, you're going to go in front of one of the most powerful people in the, the Holy Roman emperor right. at the time. Mind you, he was he, the only reason that they didn't die is because he was the alchemical emperor. He loved all this shit. Like he loved all of alchemy and all of all hermeticism and all that stuff. He loved all that. He also had a court of midgets. He thought that little people were magical. He had a lion around roaming around there's records of him paying people off because his line like mauled on people and stuff like that <laughs> like tigers Jesus. bro wild, wild guy dude. wild guy so they go up to this guy and they're like hey listen you're possessed by demons and who told you well the angels told us all right he dismisses them right he's very stoic this guy had like no feelings whatsoever this guy didn't really care and then 
Long story short, they get kicked out of Prague because Edward Kelly got into a fight with one of the guards, ended up killing him, and they ended up leaving. Right, this whole I, I want Hollywood to make a movie on John D and Edward Kelly. I, it would be the craziest movie because it's like the 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 mm-hmm. story is wild. Oh yeah, with CGI now, it would be incredible. It would be crazy. <clears throat> I just don't think like, they could have made that movie ten years. Ago. Well, maybe ten years ago, but twenty years ago when <clears throat> John D kind of started hitting the zeitgeist. And this story started hitting the internet, but now, oh my God, it'd be a, a series on. I need to read up on <clears throat> HBO Max so, or Netflix or whatever. Yeah, so they visit Rudolph, and then at one point in time, this is the infamous wife swap. They're scrying, and the angels are like, "All right, well, if you guys are gonna are gonna." You know, do the magnum opus and use the system and, and and transcend to the next level. Essentially, you have to share everything, including your wives. That's where it always gets and weird, doesn't it? Th- so it got to that point to where it always gets weird. You know, Edward Kelly wrote at one point in one of his journal <clears throat> entries, like it was done. You know, like they did, and the the whole joke behind all that was they literally swapped wives because the you know the angels were telling them to swap wives, so they ended up doing the do with each other's wives after all this time. And it's like, were you talking to angels? The whole, what were you talking to? If you were even talking to anything at the end of the day, that made you do that. And like, what Kelly a bizarre just wanted request. to hook up with John D's wife. I mean, yeah, very bro, well imagine, be, John. <laughs> I would have, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall for that sound. It's like, mm, right. You know, they're, they're, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. He's going to take this. Yeah. yeah. It's got. It's got to be done. You know, if we want to trans, if you want the next set of tablets, you're gonna have to do it. All right. Yeah. But you're isn't that how all cults end? And, yes. And begin <laughs> with one of the guys wants the deuce, the other guy's wife. And once yeah. you're on tape, then you're you're you got to do the bidding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The so great story. And, and before that, it got really weird because the and again, this is depending on the story. There was my, my favorite is when. A group of angels show up and a group of entities. And, and there was also demonic ones in there too. There was uh, one point in time where the angel was like, hey, I fended off this this other entity. And it, it got really bizarre because in some of the visions, the angels would be fighting and hitting each other with sticks. And, and then at one point, one like chopped another one up into pieces. It was like really, it was really psychedelic. Wow. It was like really weird. And mind you, you can read all this in, in books. You look up John D's Magical Journals. And so... At one point in time, this group shows up and they're like, hey, who called us? And Edward Kelly's like, hey, I, I didn't call you. He's like, well, you, somebody called us. And they go back and forth like, who called? And I, and it said that the angel takes a spade, right? So a, a, a shovel and starts to beat Edward Kelly, just beat him profusely. And John D's writing like, hey, Edward Kelly throws himself on the floor and starts screaming in pain and his arm, they broke his like ethereal arm and his arm was all red. Uh, there was one point in time where Edward Kelly asked the, the angels for money. <laughs> There's another time where the angels start speaking in Latin and Edward Kelly's like, I'm not good in Latin. So stop speaking in Latin. So very weird stuff. Who? It, it, it's a such a bizarre case. And that's again, that's why I love it because what did it really happen? Maybe it did happen, but because of these guys, we have the Enochian system. And it's interesting because once you use the Enochian system, I've I've heard accounts of people encountering Enochian entities on the other side, and they're very geometric in nature. 
So angels, angles. So I, like that makes me think of like Lovecraftian, the angle that was obtuse, but not really like this non-Euclidean architecture, like these non-Euclidean angles where it's like, what are you looking at? It's like AI art when you look at it, mm-hmm. but it kind of morphs and it kind of resembles what you're thinking about and your brain will kind of like form a picture. Mm-hmm. But when you really start to look into it, all oh, the fingers are off or the eyes are off or it looks... It yep, looks exactly. like what I think it does, you know. So, right, very weird. Again, it's it's such a psychedelic. Story. I'm not I'm not giving it, you know, I'm not doing it justice. I'm doing a very condensed version. But yeah, John D. Edward Kelly. Essentially, from them, we get the Faustian bargain, which is the deal with the devil, and we have the Enochian system, which was passed down, Golden Dawn, all these different secret societies. They say John D. was the at the forefront and the founder of Rosicrucianism. They use his symbol, the Monus Hieroglyphica, as the symbol. If he was or not, I mean, it was after his time. Who knows if he had anything to do with that. But again, very smart guy, worked for a lot of royalty. But at the end of the day, he died penniless and broke. Miserable. Yep. And miserable. So they Crowley. broke into his so did they, they broke into his library, stole all his books. And at one point he got stuck with, with King James that hated him and was terrified of him. Because King James hated magic, apparently. So a very, very superstitious guy. But that's a whole other story He's because a guy. King James, you know what he he did in, in 1611. But I've got my own thoughts regarding that, and that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, dude, man, this is this was awesome, dude. I this feel like I just got man. an education. Yeah, you did. Like, I was like, yeah, what? We are talking about stuff here I've never yeah, even this delved is great. into. This I, is I, great. I've wanted to do an episode like this for so long because, like I said, a lot of this stuff, I'm like, as Juan's talking, I'm like, oh, my gosh, bing, bing, bing. There's so much hitting me because right. it's been a while since I looked into a lot of this. So it's really fun for me to get a refresher. And he, he goes, he knows much, much the deeper levels of a lot of this stuff than I do. So it's really, really been awesome, dude. Um, it's been awesome. Great episode. Like he said earlier on, everybody loves a good story, mm-hmm. right? Like that's yeah. what I love about doing this podcast in general is just like, I just feel like I sat down to like a TED talk of like esoteric and occult <laughs> for me, just for me. Don't don't take my word for any no, of this. No, no, I, I don't mean it that way. I'm just saying just to broach the subjects, even if it's in a sci-fi way of even giving you the thoughts of the something characters. To, to open your mind up to these realities or these conversations. That's all I meant. I didn't, I didn't mean to like go out and, you know start toting the path, but, uh, no, just more of like, there are people that'll go, how do you even know about something like this? How'd you ever even hear about something like this? It's like, well, somebody else either researched <laughs> it or, yeah, right. 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 And paying attention nights. and paying attention and stringing together the different pieces to really, cause your narrative is going to be different than somebody else's. It's not going to be, you know, verbatim as Mike or eyes or whoever's, even if you're in the same thread sometimes you know you can have disagreement or like no we yeah. both agree with homunculi but your homunculi is one way and mine's the other way it's like you can get there right it's like so that's more of what i meant yeah yeah and that's why i like going on on a lot of different shows because i like to even if i cover the same topics we still cover them from a different perspective mm-hmm. or right you might say something like, hey, Chucky is a homunculus. Like, wait, he what? was boom <laughs> you know right i can't even comprehend yeah. Let's hit the uh <clears throat> let's hit the homunculus confirm button. Homunculus confirm. Bam. You know, like I didn't make that connection right there. Like <laughs> I love that playback, that sound bite. So yeah, this is this is fun. Hell and yes. hopefully, like I said, 
double check my research again there's a lot of information that i poured out there do i tell you i encourage everybody do your own research right and 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 anything right and and read you know read there's a lot of information out there and i feel like people don't read anymore and you learn a lot from reading <laughs> right my, from my experience right yep <laughs> if you do it, if you do it correctly yeah. Take the time yeah. and really internalize it afterwards and digest it. Sometimes I've been a, a victim of reading too quickly and forgetting yeah. whatever, yes. you know, just like, so sometimes I have to like really pace myself to be like, I need to keep this piece of information. Mm-hmm. Yep. It happens to me. I'll read, you know, a few pages, put it down, digest what I just read for a day or two and then pick back back up because some of the stuff gets heavy and, and gets yeah. dark too, you know? Yeah. For yeah, sure. it does. That that was me. I had to tap out after a while. I, I like to go, go back into it and and dabble like tonight. This is fun. Yeah, but, great. You know, you can overwhelm yourself, man. This has been great. Let's put this baby to bed. Fantastic. Um, this is the the strange road. Homunculus to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get bunk beds for homunculus. The monk oh bunk. man. Uh, yeah, this is the strange first, the strange road one-on-one swap cast. Yeah, it's been epic. This has been great. I know we'll do another one of these. I would love to. Uh, but it's been awesome. The opportunity to get in front of your audience, our audience, right? People that watch our show are definitely gonna love this. Um, I'm stoked. Know. Yeah, I'm Mikey. This is Bub. Bub. We're the Strange Road. Um, you guys can find us at the Strange Road on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we got the YouTube show, Rocking and Rolling. Um, you know, we're putting on a lot of different reels, clips, TikToks, different stuff like that. Um, we've got a show called Strange Happenings, uh, our interview show, The Strange Road. Come check us out. Right on. TJOJP.com at the one on one podcast on all social media platforms, YouTube. TikTok, Twitter, all that good stuff. Patreon.com slash the one-on-one podcast. And yeah, yeah, give me guys' information. I'll send you word. The homunculus owners, Manny, so you can keep your homunculi. I, I want to see that. That's check. awesome. <laughs> there you go. Love it. Turn much love, brother. Juan, awesome. appreciate you, man. Juan's Thank you so much. Absolutely. What a show. Awesome. Hell yeah. Well, we are signing out. Done. Peace, love, and chicken grease.